Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Flight Plate Podcast. I am a co-host, Josh Wenis, joined, as always, by touring professional Jordan Castro. Jordan, how are we doing tonight, man? I'm doing well. It is, what, Tuesday? It's it's Tuesday. It's, <laughs> the day's just flying by. So, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's good to be back. I know last week was a little um, off of scheduling conflicts and a lot of things going on. So I'm excited. Uh, a lot of things are happening. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Yeah, absolutely. So I apologize, like Jordan said there, for last week. We had a lot of stuff going on. Technical issues, scheduling conflicts, it just... All the things, and uh, here we are, so we're going to go ahead and just jump right in. We missed last week, so we want to touch on real quick, in case you're living under a rock, the Open at Tallahassee, uh, you know, two weeks ago now at this point. Uh, congratulations to Albert Tom and Stacy Haas for winning that, pulling out the win. Stacy Haas, I mean, wow, awesome for Team MVP, good for her, uh, played great, So, and, and Albert Tom, too, uh, shooting a, a crazy good second round, um, so outstanding from those guys but let's jump into this week let's let's jump up here we're coming off of the champions cup the first pdga major of the year um the first time this has ever been played uh but not a course that's that's a first timer by any means at wr jackson and i'm just gonna start out by saying that course is just absolutely stunning uh what a beautiful beautiful course it looked like a lot of fun yeah, absolutely. One of the coolest and most challenging courses too. Uh, John Hawk Design. If you know John Hawk Designs, he has a split fairways and uh, good landing zone. So 300 to 400 foot range, we get the land, but then you still have to do that same distance for uh, approach to get birdie. So his kind of theory is two good shots to get a birdie or even on a par five where you get three good shots and get a birdie too. So it was awesome to watch uh, both. I tuned in for both coverages and what a battle it was. Yeah, absolutely crazy, uh, crazy good on both sides, MPO and FPO. We saw a lot of really good golf, um, and we saw a lot of – and there's some good golf that we didn't get to see, but that's okay because that's that's the tournaments now. Is It's nuts how the, – the parody here that we're seeing and uh, good tournament play for sure. You know, those split fairways, I love that that you brought that up because that's such a, a state, uh, trademark for, for Hawk Designs, that's for sure. And then – what I like most about this course in watching it was, A, it was wooded. Sure, that was great. I love watching wooded golf. But I love the fact that 18 is a par 5 that is that is eagleable. Like, it's not a stretch to get an eagle. Like, you, we saw plenty of eagles on 18. And I love that because it builds so much extra drama into that last hole. Um, you know, and, and it for the FPO side of things, we saw that pay off. I mean, that's exactly kind of what it came down to uh, or could have come down to ultimately. Um, Right. And yeah, and the Eagles opportunities there for both sides of the field too. So a couple of good shots can get your Eagle. And like, if you're down by one or someone hits early, I mean, you got the out of bounds for the the men's um, keypad. Then you got the, say a good shot for the women's. So it was, like I said, it was just awesome to see just the, the battle. And like one, if you don't put yourself in position, then you're, you're fighting for par or if like you do a crazy scramble shot. Like I was watching Casey White's round on Jomez at rounds two or whatever. And he's doing like these sidearm cloud breakers, flexions through the trees. Like, and I was just stabling up and like parking shots. So it was just awesome to see. And like, he's, he's known for that kind of a sidearm flex shot. So it was just 
like I said, it was awesome to see. Yeah, definitely. You know, Casey White's not one that we had a, a name to talk about, but it's worth talking about because, man, he came up and showed out and uh, had a great tournament, um, especially all things considered. Let's put it that way. You know, after losing a, a staple, a friend, a staple in the, the New England disc golf community, um, and then also also his dog, which is just so sad. I didn't know about that until I was listening to Nick and Matt show, and, and that's just terrible too. So um, shout out to Casey White. But uh, I, I think we start on the MPO side here because we've got some stuff to talk about on the FPO side that's going to eat up some time too. Uh, but MPO ultimately won by Chris Dickerson, who uh, came, I don't want to say out of nowhere. I mean, he was on the lead card last round, but uh, he was not – Right there, I mean, uh, Waisaki was ahead coming into the final round and had been playing really, really well, so it looked like a really solid opportunity for Ricky or Calvin Heinberg, who was just the stroke off the lead, and we saw that lead kind of go away, and I think Calvin grabbed it at one point, or at least tied it at one point, and then Chris was right there, and both Ricky and and Calvin were struggling, um, you know, hitting trees, getting off the fairway, and, and making it tough on themselves, and then Ricky, uncharacteristically, missing a couple of key putts low, right. um, right. makeable putts, putts that he usually is draining, so... Uh, one for eagle yeah. a few inside the circle for birdie and like he still played well like that seven to ten eleven twelve under too so like they still played well yep. but like w- if ricky's within 40 feet wide open with the look i mean it's 99 percent chance in. Yep. so it was just like you like you said uncharacteristic to make or to miss yeah definitely um so yeah like we said dickerson taking it down uh ultimately and you know going on through the the top 10 here ricky wysocki in second just uh uh, just two strokes back, and then three strokes back was Calvin Heinberg. And Corey Ellis in fourth. Uh, tied for fifth, uh, we had a four-way tie for fifth. Gannon Burr, Emerson Keith, Matt Oram, Gavin Babcock, Paul McBeth in ninth. We're going to come back to that, that's for sure. And tenth, Drew Gibson, who actually played pretty darn well for the most part, uh, especially you know being known as a power thrower and everything like that. People tend to forget he's buttery smooth with that backhand especially when he's throwing a buzz Uh, so definitely a a great tournament to watch here i enjoyed every bit of this that i got to see uh let's talk though quick the kind of name that nobody probably recognized in there gavin babcock shout out to the iowa boys gavin babcock and gannon burr placing uh tied for fifth both of them um what a what a great showing for him man even you know coming in that third round there coming up and playing just out of his mind and then getting onto that lead Maintaining card. It. And that's exactly it. That's what I was going to say. Getting on that lead card. And this is a guy who's, what, like 10, what, what's he's rated? Like 10, 10, 15? 10, 10, 10, yeah. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, rated and gets on the lead card amongst Chris Dickerson, Ricky Wysocki, and Kelvin Heimberg on the final day the of a major, the final day of a major. And he still played great. Like, he played outstanding. Um, so awesome. putting? Oh yeah, it's funny. How about that? Ten for oh, go ahead. Ten for ten or something from circle one or whatever. Then like three for three for circle two. So like usually when you're on that level on that top carve in that finals, the nerves set in, and like he was just making putts left and right, stretching out left and right, just making putts. It was just like watching that round like live, and I watched the pros produce one. It was just like, dude, he can't miss. <laughs> he can't. It's it was awesome to watch because like I mean I've been there we've all been there and I mean it's it's tough the fans the pressure this and that then just to maintain it all throughout the the week and like I saw the tweet on um, Statman though or PDJ stats that his best finish at a major was forty ninth 
which is kind of remarkable, you know? Yeah, he's got six career wins, and they're all C-tiers. So uh, that's just remarkable for him to come out and show up like this. Um, Good, good things. And that, I mean, we talk about straddle putts, and then there's Gavin Babcock straddle putts, because that man stretches way, way out. That was so crazy to see some of those. But uh, a lot of fun, you know, uh, from the MPO side. But the FPO side, before the MPO final round, the FPO kind of, I don't know, it it took the wind out of the sails of the MPO, I think, just a little bit because it came down. It was a great battle, you know, between Paige and Kristen Tatar, um, with Paige ultimately coming out on top in what has to be one of the hardest things that I've ever watched in disc golf, um, that, that last right. hole. And, man, oh, man, that was tough. You know, Kristen ultimately three-putting, uh, 18, after having a makeable putt the first all, – all the putts were makeable, and um, – she obviously yeah then okay oh, yeah yeah then the roll away too I saw I didn't watch the, the the final round coverage but like she was right then she had a putt for the for the win then just kind of ran it then like it was 15 20 feet then rolled to 35 yeah. and she had to make it I guess like watching it from the live and like missed it then like when you miss that one Paige just tapped in for birdie for that automatic win it's just like 10 foot it doesn't even matter you know so she goes from a a bird eagle or birdie to a bogey double just like that yep. so it was just it was just tough to see yeah it was really hard to watch um and then and, oh, and you don't want like as as a, like a competitor you don't want to win that way or you don't want to lose that way too so like i i see both sides for for sure yeah absolutely and i mean she was overtaken with emotion right after after um making her putt ultimately the putt that she did make and um what was a, i thought was a really nice touch is Paige tapping in you know, instead of grabbing the trophy or even grabbing her putter out of the basket, the first thing she did was went over and she talked to Kristen, um, which I thought yeah. was a. I mean, we're all professionals here, so that was really nice to see. And um, you don't see that often. No, you don't. You don't. Um, and so, you know, yeah, what, what a hard way to 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 watch that. But really, the story I think at this point, coming out of that final round, revolved around Kristen, but it also revolved around who she had started the round with as her caddy, and that would be her nine-year-old daughter. I believe the name is Isabel. Um, And uh, an issue that supposedly – there's a lot of information kind of flying around, a lot of opinions flying around. I know Nick and Matt had um, Paige on last night and just kind of listening to their interview with her from what Paige understood in between hole four and five, um, the tournament director – came up to, or not her tournament director, sorry, somebody from the PDGA came right up to Paige's caddy and said, you need to check your phone. Elaine King texted you. And so she checked her phone, and then Paige said she didn't know what was going on, but then she saw her caddy go talk to Kristen. But apparently Elaine King had messaged, had texted her that, you know, her daughter couldn't be there. It was a rules infraction because she was under 13 and unaccompanied because technically Kristen doesn't count as being as an accompaniment for the, for the caddy. Um, so then there was this, this scramble to find stuff to do. And Robert Leonard, the, the TD kind of provided some information on Twitter as well saying that, you know, Kristen was the one that reached out to him about the issue and they talked it over and Kristen was totally compliant and, you know, wanting to do what was right by the rules. And they found a volunteer 
to stay with her daughter, and then they gave her daughter a volunteer status, so she had one of the quiet signs that gets held up when people are shooting or throwing, and um, so that she could stay as close as possible to her mom, which I thought was a really nice touch. I know a lot of people were like, well, why didn't this get taken care of sooner? She wasn't there the first three rounds. She was just there the final round. Um, And then, you know, there was the, you know, why wasn't this addressed on the first hole? And then is it, was it a big deal? Was it not a big deal? Um, I've, I've got opinions on it, but I'm going to let you go ahead, Jordan here. Cause you and I talked about it a little bit. You go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, you kind of broke it all down. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough for that. I mean, especially, um, Kristen's daughter, like being from another country, then like not knowing or whatever, then just the rules like 13 and over. And I don't think she was necessarily caddying. I think she was just walking with, with the caddy badge. So I think that's where a lot of people were like this and that. And I mean, I see both sides and like, I'm not favoring left or right or whatever, but like, yes, it's a rule, but be young kid, like just not doing anything wrong. Had no idea. Um, it's just tough. I mean, what, what Elaine did is texted the caddy, obviously, as we know, I found out early. So like, uh, someone messaged me about it and I was like, I had no idea what was going on. Then kind of once the article came out, I, I heard about it and read all the details. So it wasn't more like, Hey, let's try and get her disqualified it was more just like hey this is protection and like she reached out to so many people then like final result was the caddy of pages too mm-hmm. it's like page has so much respect for Kristen. Kristen has so much respect for that so it wasn't like hey let's try to dq her so i can win this way it's like no like it a lot of people are just like oh it's half it happened halfway it happened on hulk four so um it's just it just sucks that like it had to happen this way to be honest just because um, it's somebody not even in Georgia, you yeah. know? So like, that's the other part, just like a commentator did like, I have so much respect for Elaine. Like she's a teammate. I mean, hall of famer, like commentates all the time. So like I support her. I bought this offer. It's not, this isn't digging at her. It's just, this is like, it just sucks that it has to come out of someone that not there versus competitor. If someone's there, if, if say it's somebody's playing against Kristen like notices it then like I can see it like all right that makes sense but like someone not being there and um the other thing I kind of wanted to mention is she had a caddy badge and is underage but like there's so many people like other halves like wives girlfriends boyfriends that do the same thing but they're above age so like that's the difference is the age and now you have the scenario that i've been reading all over like reddit twitter facebook all the social media that the parents have to accompany like walk with the kids or the kids can't walk with the the parents unless they're 13 old so or 13 years old so like it's just a lot of mixed emotions but i think at the end of the day i think it's a learning experience for Kristen, other people and just Elaine. So, like, I don't know. I haven't really seen anything from Elaine, but a lot of people are, like, dogging on her right now, which is, like, unfair to her because in her mind she was doing the right thing and how people are treating it towards it is they're like, oh, Elaine's the bad guy here. So, um, like I said, so much respect to Elaine, so much respect to Kristen and this, even the PDJ, like, how they handled it and what the article said. And, like, there was no DQ ever, like, on in question so like it was going to get figured out either way so yeah and i think you know that's supposedly the the text message from elaine was that she needed to you know 
she could get disqualified if the daughter stayed there or something to that effect. I don't know the exact wording, obviously, but um, apparently that was in the original text message. But let's be honest here. If Elaine, if anybody had malintent with reaching out in regards to this to try and get somebody disqualified, would you reach out to the caddy of a card mate? Like, that's just silly to me. Like, she could have easily reached out to the tournament director or, or a PDG official that was there because there was a number of them. Um, so, yeah, it's just... To me, it's silly. Or even or even, or even, even Terry or, like, the tournament director, tournament staff, PDG, and, yep. like, the other people were... What they were saying is, like, I think she's on the, uh, like, the board of directions, vice president... Or even like the rules committee yeah. too, so like that's the other gray line too. But I mean, Terry Miller was there too, so like they could have had did the, to that too. I don't know yeah. if they did. I don't know. It like I wasn't there. I'm not there. So like then again, it's just like it's not my issue. I'm just kind of like, this is what I saw. This is what I heard. Yeah. And now I'm trying to like talk about it too. And like me, you can tell me it's just like I called the rules like that. But like I I get like I said, I get both sides. Yeah, and I think Paige, I, I know Paige had said that apparently Elaine had tried to reach out to Kristen via text message, but Kristen wasn't checking her phone. So, you know, I, here's the thing is it's – I'm – I've said it before. I'm a father. I've got two boys. I've got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, you know, I love to have them out on the course with me. I've had them out with me at a tournament with my my wife along with. Um, and to be honest, if you can imagine a seven-year-old and three-year-old boys, uh, they're a distraction. So uh, now that being said, from what they showed of Kristen's daughter on the course, she looked like she was just fine. I don't think that that was a problem. But... You know, the the rule is set there for a reason. We've said this about a, a couple different things this year recently. Rules are rules are there for a reason, and it's not to try and get anybody in trouble or anything like that. It it is strictly for the safety of the minor. Let's be oh, yeah. And and other players. And other too. players. Absolutely. And so I think that, you know, this is a it, it's a crappy situation. You know, was we we almost approach a situation where you know the P, PGA has it happen ball golf sometimes where you see you know a rule infraction on television that doesn't get called people can write in or call into the PGA and they'll make rulings on that stuff if it's if it's obvious but do we want to put ourselves in that kind of a situation we don't have officials rules officials on every hole like they do at the PGA you know this right. is a self-governed sport so I'm kind of like you. I see it both both ways. But at the same point, this is – I believe the 13-year-old ruling was just implemented this last year, correct, over this last offseason? Right. So, I mean, it's a newer rule, but does that really – does that really excuse the player from not knowing it? It's and I'm not trying to fault Kristen. Like, don't get me wrong. Right. It's just like you said. I see it both sides. I really do. Um, ultimately, like you said, the way that the tournament director and staff handled the situation was, I mean, chef's kiss because that's the best thing that you could do there in that situation, outside of just flat out ignoring it. And I don't think right. I don't think ignoring it was the right way to handle it either. So I think, you know, at least. At least she was there. It's a bummer. I know Kristen right. said after the fact that, or I take that back. Paige said that when she talked to Silver after the round, that he said that Kristen was more stressed about her daughter than she was about the tournament play. And so right. that's another issue. I mean, that's, it's, man, it's tough. 
Um, but we're a growing sport, and that's the thing is every other sport you see out there has things like this happen as they grow. There's right. not much you can yeah, do about it. It's Moving forward, like I said, it's going to be a lot more um, – People are going to watch more, I think, or just like rules, enforce rules or just like take care of it. And just I think it's a learning experience, you know, moving forward. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of hate on on Twitter specifically. At least that's the the route that I hang out with as far as uh, disc golf goes. A lot of hate, uh, especially for people who try to enforce the rules. But the rules are there for a reason. So I I guess whatever it's who knows. You can't make everybody happy. There's always going to be somebody mad at you. But yeah, Champions Cup, awesome. Chris Dickerson, Paige Pierce, couple of champions there, a uh, couple more major wins. Uh, so absolutely great. Big weekend for Discraft, um, that's for sure. So let's move on though, and we've got some other things here we got to talk about. This is a, a couple or a week or so late now, but I, I did want to mention it. Heather Young. Um, she had posted on her social medias not that long ago that she was taking a break from touring, uh, taking a break ultimately from disc golf in general. Um, I heard an interview with her uh, on, I forget what it was, if it was the upshot or what, uh, but I heard an interview with her that she was taking some time away. She's kind of at this point where the drive to play and, and compete just isn't there for her right now. Um, you know, as somebody who is personally who has dealt with uh mental health issues at times i get it like it's i just want to mention it here and go out and say you know all the best to heather i hope she um figures out what's going on and ultimately i hope she gets back on the course because she's fun to watch play um but most of all i just want to say i hope she does what's best for her yeah i totally agree on that i mean especially at the top level and like obviously that those are going to happen like when you're kind of in a slump i mean i've been there too like when you're not performing like you used to like been i mean she's been on top card quite often then like when you start the season you're you're feeling ready you're ready like you want to perform well then like you don't have it your shots are off this and that then i mean you just got to think of like other things too and like uh kudos to her for like taking it taking time off to like a break because i mean you you need it like the season's long i mean i mean you spend 30 40 weeks on the road i mean it's a tough battle like friends family the hometown like i get it i mean I've, we've all been there too so uh props to her and like i hope she comes come back i think she's a, a force to be reckoned with out there on in the ladies field and like the we all miss her like we're friends we're competitors and she's always always happy so to see her in this kind of scenario is always tough and uh, like Paige loves to play with her katrina always p- loves to play with her because like her sidearm approach and her putting's probably top three top four and five in in the world in the fpo field you know yeah absolutely um uh one of those ones you hate to see but you know like we said all the best for her and choosing what's best for her so um let's move on here now not this last weekend but the weekend before jordan you did some uh installation you were a handyman out there what were you uh what were you doing yeah, so by uh, one of the home courses, uh, Buffalo Ridge here in Phoenix, about 15 minutes away from the house, um, we got some new Innova 28s out there. So uh, 
updated from the like the Mach 2, Mach 3s, Mach 5s. So uh, now we got two baskets on every hole right now. Then nine of the holes are going to go up to the Prescott, which is a little northern, so like 45 minutes, hour, hour and a half away. So um, they're getting a little nine-hole course up there, so they're donating the baskets there. So, um, yeah, it's it's nice because usually we play on the Mach 2s and Mach 3s, so it's like two and a half, three strokes harder because of spit-outs. And now it's just like, all right, now you got a good drive, and now you can actually – putt and hit hard and not worry about spitting through most of the time so yeah i did an install uh, all the sleeves were um were the matching so like that's why they went with innovas the club or whatever so like all we had to do is build it um lock it and boom sent so it's it's awesome to play a course that's close with some good baskets because like you can practice it and there's two or three pin slots on or pin positions on every hole so one day it's on a um 200 foot hole and next hole it's like 550 up the hill so it's it's awesome it's challenging and there's some pins i've never played before like i mean i played the course so much and now it's just like all right now i can play the white pins and every hole's 400 plus and like that's that's a good challenge for me for uphill downhill side hill so uh and it's i mean windy and it's a good exercise it's like a desert mountain course too so like one hole you throw 600 feet uphill then you walk 250 feet more uphill then throw a big downhill hole shot so it's a it's a good and it breaks in my disc too so like i go out there with a brand new bag pretty much and just throw a spike hyzer up high and just let the wind take it and send it down and i get up there look at it and little ding in it i was like all right perfect just how i wanted to break in now nice you don't go and just throw them into trees i thought that's what you know the trick was throwing them at no no just me okay <laughs> no, no no trees in arizona you know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah fair enough fair enough yeah that's uh, you make the mention about you know just ha- going to a course with better quality baskets i definitely hear that um and i'll talk about a tournament that I played down the road here in a little bit, but man, the the course closest to me that I I play or I usually play is all on Mach threes, and man, going to anything outside of a Mach three is is heaven. I tell you what, that's a definitely a good one to replace. So that's awesome. That's a good to hear. So you've also got a little bit of preparation going on because you're about to get back out on tour here, which is pretty darn exciting and. Uh, I just kind of want to talk a little bit about like what is it uh, what's it look like for you in prepping for say this leg of the tour that you have because I mean I'm sure it's not going to be you're not out on tour for good at this point um, what's it look like for you I mean what's that what's that like just a lot of practice and repetitions on the course um, obviously this one we played before like the um, the country club and now we got the supreme course so it's going to be the Jones combination layout um so it's just longer uh pretty much just show up onto the course and uh play the course and see where you want to land because obviously there's obstacles variables wins and shot selections the biggest thing so obviously at the country club you want to keep it between the fairways obviously you don't want to go left you want don't go on right you want to kind of set up one. Sh- i learned this from zoe and it kind of hits hard like when i'm like playing all the time so like i'm focused on the one shot one thought at the time so like when i'm on the t-pad that putt doesn't matter until i get there on like a say a par five because like i'm getting ahead of myself when i should be just focused on that so um just trusting myself trusting my my throw and like my ability not trying to like throw a shot that i don't think i can throw um basically like it's me versus the course i'm not trying to throw a uh, thumber like jc kessner out there too so i'm just trying to like attack learn like just just um practice how i would play in the tournament too so um recently just this last few 
months, it's really like I'm actually thinking of a hole, dissecting a hole versus like, oh, I'm here at the country club. Let's go out there and just send it or just like not worried about it and just like, all right, I threw a drive here. Now, how do I get there? It's just kind of like actually thinking about it, too. So um, it's it's helping a lot, too. My scores are a lot better, obviously, on most of the rounds that I played this year, like the Memorial, I felt like was the best tournament of the year so far but i mean there's the season's still going so uh if i can repeat that i'd be very happy yeah, absolutely and i i don't think i mentioned it and just i'm sure everybody kind of realized it once you started saying country club but we're talking about ddo um that's where jordan's joining back up on the tour here um in emporia so that's coming up around the corner um that's exciting i'm definitely excited to uh I'm sure it's going to make recording a little bit interesting just because of different locations, who knows what internet's like and all that fun stuff, but we're going to get to play that out as, as it goes and, and see how it plays out. But good stuff. That's exciting. I'm excited to, and I'm sure you're excited to get back out there on tour. Yeah, I'm so so stoked, so excited to see everybody and just compete. I mean, playing with all the local guys is, is fun, but then again, like it's, it's, it's hard being like the best one, you know, like I'm not trying to be selfish or like be cocky or whatever, but like when you're the best one and you play average and you still win, it's, it's tough, you know, but, uh, the competitions here, like I've got, I beat people whoop me here constantly too. So like it's getting the fuel, but like playing with those guys, it's a little bit more challenging because I mean, just like every tournament, one guy shoots two under and then he busts out a 12 and now he's beating you. Then you like, so like anybody can do it. And I'm just excited just to just compete. Yeah, definitely. Or you know, you go out and you 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 play against a guy who one round shoots a a nine eighty four, and then the next round shoots a ten ninety one. I mean, it's something something crazy like that, Paul. Nine fifty to ten fifty. Yeah, exactly. Six, Sixteen under, and he takes ten. Craziness, absolute craziness. All right, well, it's time for me to chat just a little bit here, and that's because I'm going to talk a little bit about a tournament that I played. Uh, in Hiawatha, which was pretty darn exciting. Uh, Hiawatha, Iowa, just outside of Cedar Rapids. And I played at Faye Clark Park, played the Chase Norton Memorial Tournament put on by Pro Flight Discs here out of the Northeast Iowa area. Um, and man, what a fun tournament. Um, I had a blast. This is Faye Clark Park. This is a park that, or a course that I played a few times. Um, and uh, I had a really. I was playing just like I do if it's available, just because I'm not that good. I'm really not. I'm playing MA4. I'm playing novice. Um, but uh, that's right where I compete, just because of ratings and all that fun stuff. And um, I had two different car- or two cards, two rounds, all in the same day. And a lot of fun. Good group of guys that I played with both rounds. And that, that makes it a lot more fun um, and a good range of uh, abilities there, for sure. I mean, there were guys there who had been playing for five six years who had played you know dozens of tournaments and there was a guy there that it was literally his first tournament and his first like he'd been playing disc golf for maybe a year at most so really really awesome um and a lot of fun i got to uh play a a couple of different different rounds i guess would be the best way to put it it was beautiful weather so we didn't have to worry about crazy winds or anything like that um but I played one round with nothing over a nine speed in my di- in my bag, and then after that round, I felt like you know what I can go ahead and throw uh, at least the only disc that I grabbed that I put in there that was a higher speed was the Fission Wave. Got to say the Castronaut two, Fission Wave, and it's it 
it was a good decision to put that in the bag because it definitely opened up a little bit for me, and I, I threw that pretty well. Um, the exciting thing was ultimately I took down second, so that was pretty cool. First time uh, podium, first time caching, um, and uh, yeah, it, it was a fun experience, that's for sure. Um, and then, you know, overall, it was it, that ultimately surprisingly even though it was the weekend before that went on to my rating update that happened the next tuesday which is crazy that it just two days like that so and it jumped my rating up 10 points so which is yeah yeah yeah, exactly exactly awesome so i'm that much closer to my goal um just to to shout it out there because i've said it before my goal ultimately is uh this year to get to an 800 rating i'm at 795 now after this update so right there i'm looking forward to uh continuing on but I had a lot of fun with this tournament, and I wanted to kind of transition this into um, talking about a product that I used at this tournament that I've talked about before, and that was the DG Max Wax. And this stuff, guys, I got to say, it was absolutely great. The temperatures when I played were in the 40s, and I think it got maybe up to 50 at most. So not super warm, but not super cold either. It's kind of that middle ground. But I really noticed in the first round specifically, my hands were that kind of cool, but kind of dry at the same point. So it was kind of slippery kind of stuff. That DG Max Wax, man, I, I swear by it now at this point. It's it's really nice, a good grip on there, and uh, I really, really enjoy it. So shout out to them, um, and, and shout out to DG Max Wax. No, they're not a sponsor. Um, you know, if they want to sponsor us, I'm not opposed to that. Just saying. Um, but I swear by the product and definitely think that, uh, it's something that everybody should try. If you're wondering, yes, it's PDGA approved. It is totally legal. You can use it. And I encourage everybody to use it. If you don't want to take my very amateur word for it, uh, listen to Matt and Nick, uh, Nick and Matt. Uh, they talk about it all the time. I know Nick used it down in Georgia at champions cup and swore by it. Um, so Definitely worth checking out. Check out their website. It's a small business and um, a disc golfer that made it. So really, really cool stuff. I encourage you all to check it out. So now let's talk a little bit about a disc. We haven't reviewed a disc here for a while. Um, We're going to go with the Nomad. We're going to MVP Nomad. Give James Conrad a little love here. Um, And the first disc from his signature line um, and, uh, this is one that I have, I, I got as soon as it came out because I was really, really excited. James, obviously, uh, one of my favorite players out there to watch. So I definitely was all about it. And, um, I, man, I like the Nomad. I, I use it generally for approaches, um, as a throwing putter rather than a putting putter. It's just a little too deep, I guess, for me. I putt with envies, so it's a little bit, uh, shallower rim, but, um, I like it for a nice, stable approach disc. That's that's really the best thing I can say about it. Um, I like that it comes in all the electron plastic. I love the electron plastic from MVP. I think that's one of the best plastics out there because you can get the firm, the regular, and the soft. So uh, I like it. I dig it. I bag uh, an electron soft for my approaches. I like it. I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, and I think you just hit it a nail on the right on the head. I, you pretty much said what I was going to say. So you got the all three plastics, and I use it for use it for putting. Um, right now, I don't know what I'm putting with because I have like 20 putters in the backyard. So uh, the Nomad is was the one I was leaning on for quite some bit over since like last five months. 
beginning of the off season, uh, just because it was that shallow and it just was a little bit beadless and it had the glide. So I was playing the anodes quite a bit. And then I tried the nomad when they first came out and loved it. It's just super glidey straight. And I felt like I didn't throw a good putt. Then all of a sudden it hit chains from like 25, 30. I was like, that was effortless. So, uh, I highly recommend it. I mean, sports James and just the cool graphics on it. And just like, if you need that putter with that extra glide, I think that's the one. Um, but if you don't like that, like that B micro B type, uh, you got the anode, you got the atom. There's so many putters on our lineup too. So there's a whole bunch of putters in that you could try. Yeah, absolutely. The Nomad's worth a shot. I, I definitely recommend everybody give it a shot. Um, you know, it's one of those things, if you find that you're not liking it to actually putt with, try using it for a throwing putter because it's solid. I mean, I know with MVP, kind of the, uh, you know, I mean, heck, they've got the commercial on the DGN coverage that the Envy is, you know, if you're not bagging an Envy, what are you thinking? Um, that kind of thing. Or Jesko Oleski, you know, so good. Um, I just... Uh, I think that the Nomad is just a great stable, stable to overstable, I guess, as far as that goes. I, I'm not sure exactly, but um, I like it as a throwing putter just to to do my approaches. I don't throw it off the tee or anything, but um, yeah, a solid disc. Definitely check it out. I encourage you all. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is sponsor of myself and sponsor of the show, Doomsday Discs. Uh, they have released their first prototypes it is a two pack and i think you can still get it off their website um but they have a, a two pack of their first two prototypes available and they are they don't have flight numbers as far as this goes yet just because they haven't been pdga approved so they don't have it completely all lined up yet but these early protos are out and they're roughly like an 11 or 12 speed um, is what they are one's a little more stable one's a little less stable but they're almost identical besides that. Um, what I found really, really cool about these is the plastic on this. It's really super gummy. Like, think G-Star, but even, I don't know, even gummier. Like, it's a weird, but not to the point that you're, like, folding them in half or tacoing them or anything like that. Not crazy, like the gum putt or anything. Um, but they're a, a really neat plastic, a very tacky. I like that. And, um, yeah, they, I can handle them, which is a little strange. So I think they're a little bit more understable than they originally thought. Um, and they also have said that that might be because of the plastic that they're using as they get the, their actual like stock run. Once they start producing these is going to be a little bit of a different plastic, a little stiffer plastic than what this is. Um, these just came out a little, little gummy. So, um, really, really cool. Check it out. And if nothing else, the stamps pretty sick. Um, and, and I like them. I mean, like I said, the, the one that's less stable, I can, I can throw that just as well as I throw the wave, so which is awesome. I, I love that. So uh, really, really cool stuff to check out for sure. Um, and there's more news from Doomsday coming out. So their player packs are supposed to be going out this week, which is exciting and all that good stuff. But uh, one thing we wanted to talk about before we get into the surprise stat of the week is, guys, we have T-shirts. We have T-shirts. Um, and I posted a picture of me wearing the two that I ordered. Um, I love them. These things are great. I'm wearing the one right now um i love the material on it it's soft it's not like a super thick t-shirt material it's a rather it's somewhat thinner um breathes a lot nicer which is great not jersey material by any means so you're not spending an arm and a leg and these are really really affordable so uh definitely check it out over at storefrontier.com slash the flight plate uh you can find the link on all of our socials as well and uh, check it out cool colors i really like i'm wearing the gray one right now which 
I mean, that's classic. But that green one that I got is really, really surprised me how, how the uh, colors match on that. So really cool. Check it out for sure. Uh, next, we'll move into the PDGA surprise PDGA stats surprise stat of the week. Um, and this one, man, I mean, uh, the guys over at PDGA stats sent me a, a number of choices, a number of options here to choose from, but I had to go with the one that we didn't actually talk about. We kind of teased it a little bit, but we didn't actually talk about him in talking about Champions Cup. Paul Macbeth. Paul Macbeth's 1091 rated course record. Okay, so he shot 16 down course record. That 1091 rated course record ties his third highest rated round at a major and his highest since 2015 Worlds. Now, before we get into too much of how cool this stat is, do you want to say W.R. Jackson, ratings and rounds, what the hell? Uh, come on, man. 1091 and the dude went 16 down on one of the hardest wooded courses that I've seen. Like, I, I just, it blows my mind. I, I don't get it. I mean, I personally, so this is this is something PDGA Stats and I were going back and forth after he sent this. Um I personally think that, granted, I haven't watched every major that Paul Macbeth has played in, but I personally think this is the best round at a major that he's ever played. Um, He has both a 1094 and a 1095 at USDGC. I've seen both of those rounds. I, I know the course at Winthrop Gold. This was more impressive. And he was like two botched up shots away from 18. Like and they were easy up shots that he should have had. Like, uh, how crazy is that? That this was rated ten ninety one as opposed to eleven. Yeah, yeah, I t- completely agree. And I think the the thing is about that is the field was so like so good, and everybody's playing well. That's I think that's the reasoning behind it. Compared to like say Fountain Hills or USCDC, you have a little bit of a like lower rated players, and there's a lot more penalties, so the scores are higher. So that's why I think the ratings go higher. But out of all those like Pittsburgh 2015, like I don't know which course it was. WR Jackson's harder. USCDC, WR Jackson's harder. I think it's just the the scoring. So like that's I think the biggest thing compared to like you can get. There, there wasn't that many, I feel like, bogeys out there this week in the top 70%, 60 guys or whatever. Yeah. So, like, I think that's that's why. But, I mean, my statement's still true that uh, ratings are, are dumb or stupid, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, I, I don't pay attention to them anymore. I mean, I stopped, but. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, it, it's That's fair that, yeah, it, it is frustrating. I just, yeah. That's one thing I was going to ask you is, I, I'm not going to ask you now because you said ratings are dumb. So uh, I was just going to bring up the point that I don't understand why ratings would lessen when everybody's playing well, considering the field now is also good. Like, that's just silly to me. It doesn't make any sense. Um, obviously, as an amateur, I'm fixated on my rating because that's the best thing that I can see to rate myself. I can't rank myself amongst my peers out here because... There's not that big of a community. So it's, it's, yeah, it is what it is. I, I just, it's crazy. He's so good. So good. And going 984 to 1091, like 17 strokes different. Like that's, that's bananas. What a good player. 
What a good player. So I realized I didn't put it on our schedule here in any way, shape, or form. But, uh, hey, there's Pro Disc Golf this weekend um, and a DGPT event and the just uh, the Play It Against Sports Jonesboro Open powered by Prodigy. I should make sure I put that in there. Um, so that's this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We've got to talk about that a little bit. Jonesboro is a course that... Uh, from what I understand, most people that I've heard talk about it generally like it. Uh, we're kind of we're not in the woods anymore. That's for sure. We're out in the open. Um, but hey, big bombs. Yeah, big bombs. Exactly. Um, I'm sure their guys are probably and gals are ready to kind of let loose a little bit after being playing ping pong and golf. Now it's time for seven tournaments in a row throwing wide open. We had the first seven in the woods, and let's throw seven in a row back. And then we. Once that seven's over, we'll start getting some Midwest woods again. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it, and that's you know what do you what do you do though? I mean that that brings up a great great point. I mean, the tour and everything like these big bomber open courses that tend to be out on the West Coast or you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, you, you got to pick and choose your battles. See what exactly. hole you can score on, and see what you can't. So I mean, at Country Club, I've. I played a little bit of Disc Golf Valley, and they did the updates on it. I was yeah. like, oh, wow, that's that's a tough hole. Like, now, just thinking about it, uh, par four was tough, and now it's just like, all right, now how, how am I going to get down there? I was like, this might be a hole where I had to sacrifice for a par or try and get par or something, too. So, uh, you just, yeah, like I said, you just got to pick and choose your your battles. I mean, there's – and when you're playing a course, you got to see, like, don't overforce it. Like, obviously, there's, like, say, I don't know, the – hole 16 at the country club the island hole the water hole it's like i would love to throw a sidearm there like everybody else i can't i got to throw a backhand hyzer flip or like a overstable mid-range or something to get there or just club up to a driver trying to hit that big back wall so like that's a shot i dream of and one day it happens one day it doesn't so uh like i said pick and choose your battles and just kind of um if you can't get a birdie on a hole, try and get a par and try not to overforce something to get a bogey. I mean, 16 at Emporia, you can't take the Simon line, the, the big, <laughs> <old>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm I, kidding. I, I might be, I, I might be able to do it now. I mean, playing all these open hyzer shots there you for, go. for like for cash rounds that we're doing here. Like there's some shots like 360, like straight through the things. I'm just throwing a 450 foot hyzer. And it's being right there. I was like, they're like, why are you throwing the shot? I was like, I mean, the, up the middle is too easy. Like, let's just throw a little spike hyzer. <laughs> challenge that's, myself. That's awesome. You know, speaking of challenging yourself, as far as that goes, going back to my tournament here this last weekend or two weekends ago, uh, I got in a really tough spot in the second round after a drive and got put like directly behind these two like eight and a half foot tall bushes. Like the disc was literally within like three or four feet of the bushes, and I had no way of going to the to to get out of this really i could, had no shot i didn't think but i got resourceful and i threw a thumber over the top and it worked i was so stoked i've thrown a thumber before in casual rounds just playing around whatever but i actually got to throw it so that that was kind of cool uh kind of neat but it, it's exactly that picking your battles I, I like that so looking forward to jonesboro this weekend more coverage and all that fun stuff watching on dgn or on your post produced if you can't watch that uh looking forward to it for sure um, so, you know, the last thing that we have here on my list to talk about is we've got a new sponsor, Jordan, of the show. This is really, really exciting. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I guess I don't really know how else to say it. We're, this podcast is now officially sponsored by 
Upper Park Disc Golf. Let's, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right? So cool. So, so stoked. Um, and this had, I I, I want to say this just because I know some people on social media would actually like DM me and jokingly say this, but this has nothing to do with me getting an Upper Park bag. I swear to God. I swear. <laughs> I had the bag. I got the bag. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to reach out to him anyways and see if we can work something out. Lo and behold, we did. Awesome. But, uh, you know, obviously Jordan's sponsored by Upper Park. I have an Upper Park I- bag. Go ahead. I had nothing to do with nope. this. Josh just reached out to me. He's like, I got a meeting. And I was like, I'll let you know how it goes. Then all of a sudden, he messaged me back 25, 30 minutes later, <laughs> and boom. So it's super awesome to hear and super awesome just to just see it happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely very, very cool. Um, we both will sing Upper Park's praises because we love their products, that's for sure. Uh, but it was really cool. Yeah, I got to, you know, I reached out to him and actually got to talk face-to-face over the phone, but uh, through video chat with Martin the uh, of Upper Park, which was great. Um, cool guy. Thanks for the chat. And, uh, you know, was was willing to say, hey, yeah, absolutely. We want to want to support you guys. So, um, yeah, we're going to be doing – we're not going to announce it this week. We'll wait a week here. But we're going to do a giveaway uh, through Upper Park. Uh, we're not going to tell you what it is or anything like that quite yet because we got to work out all the details. But uh, we're going to do a giveaway for Upper Park to watch in the near future. But uh, even even with that, that being said, if you're going to look at anything Upper Park has, and they have awesome bags, they have cool new apparel, and they're going to have discs soon, I was told. Really, really cool stuff. Check this out. But we've got a discount code. Jordan's got a discount code through them, and we're going to use it on this podcast, absolutely. So... Definitely make sure you go and purchase something from Upper Park. And Jordan, what's your discount code? Jordan10. Absolutely. Jordan10. Make sure you guys use that at checkout. Save yourself some money. Get some kickback to Jordan here because he's a he's a, a sponsored player with Upper Park. So we definitely want that. And we want to thank Upper Park for everything, for, for sponsoring the podcast, stepping up. We appreciate it. So, so cool. And to go along with all of our other sponsors, man, it's it's just awesome to see this all coming together and all this fun stuff. And gearing up like you said to get back out on the road um it's going to make recording more interesting and more fun i think i'm looking forward to that we've got we've got a couple of interviews lined up already for when you get back out on the tour so you're you're gonna have to take a break from playing and do some do some talking stuff but uh or or a little of both we'll see a little of both there we go interview on the course see that's that's there we go now this is gonna be fun uh we're looking forward to this and you guys along with those for the ride we've got shirts we've got you know all sorts of good stuff we've got discs coming in the near future uh jordan's got some new stuff coming too yeah i got some merch coming too so i posted a few hats or whatever so almost sold out so send me a message oh man uh this is only uh, round one too so uh just wait until round two and three they're already in production so i'm super excited about that absolutely uh, definitely. Very, very cool. Well, I think I've got everything on my list. Jordan, we good, buddy? Yeah, we are good. And our discs are coming soon. Discs are coming soon. Absolutely. Looking forward to it for sure. Uh, we want to thank you guys so much for listening and hope you guys have a great week. And we will catch you next week on the Flight Play Podcast. Mm-hmm.